0: I'm glad that you've chosen to study the Bible with me today. I want us to focus on some verses in the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to John, and as I want to begin reading, uh, talking about Jesus and the people of Sychar, and some of the and the Bible says they came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him. Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know anything about. And his disciples said to him, Could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, It's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. I, even now... The one who reaps draws, wage, draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Then thus he's, the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labors. Jesus is talking about his dealings here with the Samaritan woman, and his, he said, I have food to eat you don't know of and don't know anything about. And he was talking about that ministering to that woman and helping her find forgiveness and salvation and helping her to experience new life was what fed, his, was what fed him, it satisfied his need and met his deepest hunger needs, and he, he was totally satisfied. And that's what God wants for us. But to be, be like Christ in that way, often change is, is necessary. And we have to constantly change or we get stagnant and we die. One of the things I've found in the Christian life is if I get complacent at all, if I get satisfied with where I am, then I'm doomed to not go forward. I'm not going to be at my maximum for Christ. And, for example, even the top businesses in America have gotten into trouble because they did not change to meet the times. Business Week magazine explained the reason for failure is they don't react and respond to what's going on around them and change. In his book, Discovering the Future, Joel Barker tells the story of the court's watch, before World War II the Swiss held as much as 90% of the watch market in the world almost every watch that you could buy before World War II was made in in Switzerland and they still held about 60% of the market in the 70s but by the early 80s their market share was below 10% from 1979 to 1982 employment in Swiss watch making was not went from 65,000 to 15,000. The main factor in this sudden collapse of a world industry was the invention of the quartz watch. Ironically, it was the Swiss that invented the, the quartz watch. In 1962, the Swiss watchmakers, a research arm, created the first prototype. They presented it to the Swiss manufacturers, and they weren't interested in it. They said that what they had was good enough and they didn't need to change. They simply refused to adjust to one of the biggest technological changes in the history of timekeeping, the development of an electronic watch. The Swiss companies were so tied to their traditional way of doing things that they rejected the whole electronic revolution and they got left in the wake of it all and lost their business and lost their, their customers. And see, the Quartz people, the people who invented the quartz watch didn't see the potential, but other people did. And they, two two non-watchmakers, Seco and Texas Instruments, saw the potential and began to make the quartz watch. And it was very, very successful. So you and I, as believers in Christ, must change Regularly, we must constantly be in a state of change and openness to what God wants. That means changing from habits that are wrong and sins in our lives and uh, any kind of addictions that we have. But it's more than that too. It's it's more than just going from bad things to good things. It's it's changing even our approach, changing the way we do things, changing even our attitudes. And as a church, we have to do that too. Jesus taught his disciples about that. He had sent them into Samaria to get food, and when they came back, he was talking to this woman. They, they were really shocked because a man didn't usually talk to a woman, especially a Samaritan woman, but he had helped this woman come into relationship with himself, and her life was drastically forever changed. And he said, I'm not hungry. I have food to eat that you don't know anything about. And they said, "What well, did someone bring him food? We didn't. We didn't. We don't know about any food that he got. Well, the point was Jesus was saying that he was he was satisfied by the fact that he had been able to be used by God to make a difference in somebody else's life. But see, the disciples didn't see that. They had to change, and to change our attitudes uh, is essential if we're going to to make a difference in the lives of others and, and a difference for Christ in this world. They didn't know that that their prejudices were wrong. They were prejudiced against the Samaritans. Jesus had no prejudice. They didn't see them as needy people. They didn't see them as people without hope. They didn't see them as lost in their sins. But that's why Jesus said, you need to look out there and see there's the harvest right there in front of you. And you don't even see it. The harvest was all these Samaritans who needed Christ. And, that's what you and I must do within ourselves. We must not be maintainers of the Christian life. We must be constant changers. We must be changing in ourselves and making changes in our lives and be a change agent for Christ in the world. And when we do that, it's, it's just unusual what happens. It's amazing what happened. You see, some people are so interested in keeping an organization going are keeping an activity going that they've long since lost the purpose of that activity, and sometimes the same thing is true in our lives. We're so busy just living our lives like we live them that we forget that maybe, maybe we're we're still going down a, a road we don't need to go down anymore. And there's a lot of fear in change. People are afraid to change, and they really have trouble uh, changing their their focus or changing. Their agenda are changing even the way they live their lives to make a difference. But it's really not about us. It's about what does matter and what does make a difference in people's life. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look beyond yourselves. See, often we only see ourselves. We don't see the hurdy, the needy, the lost. The Jerusalem really grew fast at first. There was 120, then 3,000, then 5,000, and it got up to 8,000 quickly. But they were they didn't but they got satisfied to stay in Jerusalem and not to move out to surrounding towns and cities and share the gospel. They wanted to stay where they were, and they didn't move out of their place and then persecution came, and they had to move out. they had to get out or they'd lose their lives. Everybody except the apostles, the Bible says were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, and there they began to preach and share the gospel and people lives were transformed. But it was only as they changed. And we're going to talk about more of that tomorrow. So right now, ask yourself, are there areas of my life that need to change? Show me what they are, Lord, and give me the courage to make the changes. God bless you. Have a great day.